Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, March 16th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I'm a little bit under the weather this morning. I'm fighting a nasty sinus infection, so I apologize in advance for any cracking voice or coughing or other weird sounds that you may hear. But I am a hockey player, and we play hurt. As I was perusing the news this morning, I ran across the perfect description of the gold market over the last few weeks, directionless. Gold has been up and down, but generally pretty range-bound as various stories in the news cycle tug it in opposite directions. On the one hand, constant talk of low inflation and interest rate hikes is creating significant headwinds for gold. Most people seem to expect three rate hikes this year, but there's still some talk of four increases. I'm sure next week we're going to get a double dose of rate hike talk as the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee meeting convenes. On the other side of the coin, political instability is reviving some safe haven demand. The big story this week was tension between the United Kingdom and Russia. Moscow said it would retaliate against London's move to expel 23 Russian diplomats over a nerve toxin attack on a former Russian double agent in Britain. There's also continuing concern about a trade war that seems to be keeping a floor under the yellow metal. As I record this podcast, gold is currently trading at 13.1650, silver is at 16.45, and the silver gold ratio is at 80.24. Retail sales unexpectedly dropped again in February. It was the third straight monthly drop and the first time the U.S. economy has seen three straight months of declining retail sales since 2012. And here's another bad sign for retailers. Inventory numbers also indicate people aren't buying what's on the shelves. According to the Commerce Department, business inventories rose 0.6% on the heels of a 0.6% rise in December. So what's going on? Well, I'm inclined to agree with the reason Peter Schiff offered in his podcast this week. Basically, Americans are broke. Here's the riddle. We keep getting these great job reports. The economy's creating all of these jobs, and we're getting more money in our pockets because of tax cuts. So why aren't we taking at least some of this extra money to the store? Why are we seeing such sluggish retail sales? The only explanation is that the average American isn't actually doing all that well. It's interesting if you look back at the fourth quarter of 2017, retail sales were hot at least until they started falling off in December. But do you know what else was happening at the same time? Americans were running up their credit card debt. Last month, the New York Fed released the latest data on U.S. household debt, revealing it has grown to a record $13 trillion. So yes, Americans have been spending, but they've been putting a lot of that on plastic. Credit card balances grew by $24 billion in the last quarter of 2017 alone. So could it be that Americans have maxed out the plastic? So in light of these tepid retail sales numbers, the Atlanta Fed has once again lowered its GDP forecast for the first quarter of this year. You remember earlier in the year when they were talking about 5.4% growth and everybody was all giddy? Well, now they've lowered that bar all the way down to 1.9%. Peter said he could see GDP dropping below 1% in Q1 before it's all said and done. The only thing that might save it is inventories. You know, those higher inventory numbers do count towards GDP. But if inventories are rising, that means people aren't buying right now, and manufacturers will pull back to let inventory shrink. In other words, we're borrowing GDP growth from Q2 and shoving it into Q1. 
In other retail news this week, Toys R Us announced it's closing all of its stores. The company filed for bankruptcy last fall. A lot of people blame Amazon for the demise of TRU and the struggles of a lot of other retailers. I'm sure that the online giant has had significant impact in the retail sector, but that's not what doomed Toys R Us. Debt killed it. The company leveraged up on easy money after the Fed pushed interest rates artificially low in the aftermath of the dot-com bust. It never recovered. With a massive debt to service, it couldn't invest in updating stores and technology. Here's the dirty little secret. There are thousands of Toys R Us's out there right now, propped up by the Fed's easy money policies. Now the central bank is trying to tighten. As interest rates creep up, you're going to see a wave of bankruptcies. Corporate net debt to earnings levels are at record highs. According to the International Monetary Fund, about 20% of U.S. corporates face default if rates rise. And the number of zombie companies has risen above pre-crisis levels, according to the Bank of International Settlements. But the mainstream people, they just keep telling us, hey, the economy is great. Speaking of mainstream people, Trump's new chief economic advisor decided to get into the business of investment advice this week. Larry Kudlow said, we should buy King Dollar and sell gold. Well, before you rush out to follow Kudlow's advice, you should know this. In 2007, right before the financial crisis, Kudlow was saying everything was fine. I found an article he wrote in November 2007 where he said, quote, too much is being made of both the subprime credit problem and the housing downturn. And quote, all this talk of recession seems greatly exaggerated. So yeah, not the best track record there. Of course, this is typical of mainstream economists and government hangers on. Everything is always fine until it isn't. In other news, the Hungarian National Bank, MNB, has decided to repatriate all of its gold reserves. The three-ton hoard, valued at around $130 million, is currently stored in London. The MNB also said it thinks having gold at home will further strengthen market confidence toward Hungary. This is part of a growing trend of countries bringing their gold home. Last summer, Germany completed a project to bring half of its gold reserves back inside its borders. The country moved some $31 billion worth of the yellow metal back to Germany from vaults in England, France, and the United States. Germany isn't alone in bringing its gold home. In 2015, Australia announced a plan to bring half of its reserves home. The Netherlands and Belgium have also launched repatriation programs. Even the state of Texas has put a plan in place to bring its gold within state borders. Meanwhile, the Turkish central bank continues its gold-buying spree. Turkey imported 60.5 tons of gold in the first two months of this year. The reason? Turkey is trying to reduce its exposure to foreign currency, especially the dollar. We've seen a number of countries that have rocky relationships with the U.S. move away from the dollar toward gold over the last several years. It's the same reason China and Russia have been buying gold. As an article at Gold Seek points out, central banks are buying gold and bringing gold home for the same reason, to increase economic independence and shield themselves from counterparty risk. Quote, the decision to place more focus on gold reserves is a statement by central banks and their governments to reduce the counterparty risk on their reserve assets. When holding another country's currency, you are vulnerable. The same applies when a third party holds your gold at a time when their own assets are perhaps more exposed than you're comfortable with. The decision to bring gold home is a statement that says Prime Minister Viktor Orban would rather have the country's assets close to home rather than in the hands of a country that perhaps does not have his own best interests at heart, end quote. 
Sales of silver jewelry in the U.S. were strong last year, according to a survey conducted by the Silver Institute. U.S. retailers reported 17% average growth in the sale of silver jewelry in 2017. This is yet another sign of strong silver demand overall. Silver jewelry makes up about one-fifth of total silver demand. Analysts expect jewelry demand globally to continue its steady increase in 2018, expanding consumption by another 4% following a rise of 1% in 2017. This is set against a backdrop of falling silver mine output. We published some analysis of the silver market this week, looking at risk versus return dynamics. From that perspective, silver looks like a really good bet right now. And as we've been saying for several months, the silver-gold ratio now tells us that silver is on sale. I'll link to that article in the show notes page. Our shift gold precious metal specialist can tell you more. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160 today. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.